Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. Irving and Curry, one-on-one. -on -one. Irving puts it up. It's good. Kyrie Irving from downtown. And the Cavaliers by three. Curry catches one dribble, steps back, puts up a three. Won't go. Rebound tip taken by Spades. Final seconds. It's over. It's over. Cleveland is a city of champions once again. The Cavaliers are NBA champions. Cleveland! This is for you! Yeah, we're not in Cleveland, but it's still worth noting that the Cleveland Cavaliers won the championship in 2016 to bring the city its first major sports title since 1964. Overcame a 3-1 deficit of the Golden State Warriors to pull that off. That was a pretty good year for Cleveland overall. The Cavs won the NBA title. The Indians went to the World Series where they lost to the Cubs. I, You know, that, that was such a strange time. That was a really odd time because you had Cleveland, which, you know, with LeBron, you get it. That's going to happen, okay? So that's cool. But you got the Indians playing the Cubs in the Bizarro World Series, something you never expect to see. You got the whole Wakey Leaks going on at Wake Forest because that was around the same time that it was being revealed that the radio announcer slash former assistant slash former quarterback had been giving away tips here and there to the opposition. So you had that going on. You had the former star of a reality show being elected president. It was just a weird time, man. I call that the Bizarro World Series. Cleveland and the uh, Chicago Cubs, and the Cubs won. I kept waiting for the earth to implode or the moon to explode or something to happen. I'm going to put all that on the best and worst of, of the decade. What's your list? 1-800-849-2761. one 849 2761 You know, another best and worst, a duality, if you will, plurality, perhaps. We touched on it earlier. Tiger Woods, who's 44 years old today, well, it was a bad decade for him. Scandal, personally, golf game, not really on point. Nothing close to what we saw at the beginning of the previous decade when he pulled off the Tiger Slam. He lost sponsors. Uh, it was just, it was bad, bad, bad for Tiger all around. His health failing. He was constantly injured, having to get worked on. But then he gradually turned it around in 2019. You, you could say 2019 for all the fantastic things Tiger Woods has accomplished. You could say 2019 is among the better years of his life professionally, if not personally. Got a lot done this year. Won that fifth Masters. 15th major, first in more than a decade. Going back to 08. And I was at his last major at Torrey Pines before that. 2008 U.S. Open, he won with basically a broken leg and a Monday finish. We all thought he would just get them like carnival prizes after that. Nope. Nope. Never really healed appropriately or at least in a, in a time, timely way. And then all the personal stuff happened. But this year, he rebounded. He's back. Not Again, not Tiger from 2000, 2001, 2003, all that. But he's still, he's still competitive, still a force, even as he now turns age 44. 82, pre, 82 PGA Tour victories, tying the record. 
I can't wrap my head around winning that many times. There was a, there was once a stretch when Tiger basically was a two to one favorite to win every tournament he was in. Now he's out leading U.S. Presidents Cup teams. So I'm going to give him my best and worst from the previous decade. What's your list? One eight hundred eight four nine two seven six one. Best and worst of the decade could also be the Panthers. Had that magical year of 2015, 15-1 regular season. Cam Newton's the most valuable player in the National Football League, win the NFC Championship. Things are trending upward. But there are also some pretty dark moments. I think of the Greg Hardy debacle, that awful human being, everything he was doing. You think of this past season, how it was just a dumpster fire ever since Cam hurt his foot. Firing Ron Rivera had to be done, but it's still it's still pretty painful, man. That's a good guy. And we were blessed here in this part of the country to have someone like that leading one of the flagship professional sports franchises in this region of our country. And the report that Ron Rivera, now the clubhouse leader, to be the next head coach in Washington, I, I truly thought he would sit out a year, gather himself, and then go back. But apparently, he's going to get right back into that as soon as possible. I, I, it takes a special personality, though, to deal with Daniel Snyder. It's going to take a very special personality. And the affable Ron Rivera, who is he's a virtuoso of handling personalities and egos and various characters. I don't know if even he has the humility it takes to deal with a Daniel Snyder who has basically train-wrecked, shipwrecked, whatever you want to call it, a once-strong organization. It's sad. But we'll find out. Giants are looking for a coach. Third time in four years they're looking for a new coach. And intern Will, who I still have yet to give you a nickname, any word out of Dallas, any word out of Big D, Charles? Has anyone – What's I, I saw earlier where – Jason Garrett says he has a meeting with the Jones family. I assume that means Jerry Jones and his son, Stephen Jones, to find out, quote, what's next. Is it a foregone conclusion that Jason Garrett is going to be fired and they're going to be getting a new coach in Big D? We keep hearing Urban Meyer. Possible. Charles, you think Urban Meyer should be the coach of Dallas? No, I don't think so. I think he's better suited to be a college coach and – he would just – I don't think that he could handle the Jerry Jones of it all. Yeah, he's already got health problems that have driven him out of football twice. Yeah, quote, quote, health problems that have dri driven him away, wanting to spend more time with family, and he just happens to come back a couple years later at a high-profile job. I, I really thought he would be at Southern Cal. But when they got Carol Folt, former head honcho at UNC Chapel Hill, I said, nope, that guy's got a little too much baggage. Little, little too much coming with him. She didn't want all that, and they ended up keeping Clay Hilton, which that has really fractured that fan base out there. Some big-time boosters are pulling back their checkbooks, no longer writing those big, big, big donors' checks to Southern Cal. They keep talking about Lincoln Riley going to the NFL. No way that happens. That would be the worst mistake of his life. I mean, he's young enough. He can do it 10 years from now, but right now he is sitting pretty, even if the Sooners – Got absolutely curb stomped the other night by LSU. He could do what he wants. He's making a lot of money. And the salaries in the NFL are, aren't usually bigger than the biggest salaries in college football. 
I think of a Nick Saban, a Dabo Sweeney, they're not going to make $10 million a year at the NFL level. I don't see it happening. Lincoln Riley can do anything he wants in Oklahoma, basically. He can run naked down the street to a KFC or something. I don't know. They're not going to do anything but ask him if he wants slaw. Yeah, he'd be crazy to leave that, especially to go to the circus in Dallas. But granted, though, there's obviously job security. I mean, he's not going to turn around and fire you after a year. We're still speculating if Jason Garrett's done. He has not been a good fit in Dallas, but there's something about him that Jerry Jones just can't let go of. I want to know. Jason Garrett must have naked pictures of Jerry Jones. There's something going on there. Because how has he not been fired after all this time? It's perplexing. And Jerry Jones is not a stable person. He's not. You look at some of the things he does, and you would think firing a head coach would be about as routine for him as putting on a new pair of socks. There's something going on there. We need to find out. Maybe our guest on the other side will let us know. It's Frank Schwab. He covers the NFL for Yahoo. I want to get his sense of what might happen in Big D. And, of course, get his sense of what might happen in Charlotte. Carolina also looking for a head coach. Carolina drafting seventh in the next draft. And Carolina got a boatload of unrestricted free agents that are going to require some tough decisions. Oh, and by the way, the whole quarterback situation. What's Carolina going to do about that? We'll ask Frank Schwab on the other side. You're listening to The David Glenn Show. Kevin Harlan is joining us. It was a boring game, and the guy ran out right through the formation as if he was a wide receiver <laughs> to be a part of the play. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. You always think of calling that dramatic last-second buzzer-beating shot or a touchdown pass or, or something more historic. This is The David Glenn Show. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Black Monday. Coaches being fired. Presidents being fired. It's been a coaching vacancy in Carolina now for a few weeks. What's going to happen with that? What's going to happen in Dallas? We're still on the Jason Garrett watch. I bet they just send him some. Can you trade a coach? Uh, it's happened, hasn't it? They send him to the Giants for future considerations or something. Sounds preposterous, but who knows when Jerry Jones is involved. Let's see if Frank Schwab agrees. He covers the NFL for Yahoo. Frank, happy happy New Year, buddy. Hey, what's going on? It's Black Monday, brother. How's it treating you? It's, it's actually quiet, <laughs> and I expected that. When you, when you started to look at, you know, which guys are on the hot seat, which guys might go, you know, all these coaches who, you know, I might have fired, got you know loads of confidence and Matt Patricia and Adam Gase and those guys so it's like <laughs> you started to look around you said you know Carolina Washington already did their business Garrett's likely done I guess and you know there's only a couple other guys that really fit the bill so you know I think that uh and you know plenty of teams around the NFL probably looked around saw that the group of candidates isn't really great that's not deep so they probably decided, let's just run it back with the guys we got. Yeah, well, that's the NFL way. I mean, no other organization in the world recycles former employees like the National Football League. Yeah, it's true. They, they, they're very safe. Let's put it that way. They don't like to, don't like to try anything different. It's, 
it, it's a league that's very, you know, if it was good enough for George Hallis in 1947, it's good enough for us now. So <laughs> it, it's not a league. It's a, it's a league that actually, you know, when you try something different, you try going off the board, you try getting a little crazy, the league will point and laugh at you. And, uh, you know, and sometimes it works out, though. And, you know, so many of these teams who are just stuck in the middle of nowhere, you wonder, well, why don't you try something a little radical instead of just, you know, if, if figuring, giving, uh, you know, Marvin Lewis another shot. We're getting reports. Ron Rivera, the clubhouse leader in Washington, and Mike McCarthy, a strong candidate for the coaching job with the Carolina Panthers. Are you buying or selling either? I think Rivera's almost done. I, I mean, based on the way everybody is reporting it. And I, I honestly, like, I, I, I'm a, I'm kind of a Rivera guy. I think he was a good coach. I look, whatever. I mean, Carolina felt it needed a change, and that that happens. But I do think he's a good coach, and he's going to the place where coaches go to die. I mean, it's there's a reason nobody has succeeded in 20 years in Washington. It's because of the ownership. It's it's not going to change. This isn't going to get better. So I hope Ron does well. I mean, it would be nice to see that franchise do something, but I just have no faith that it can happen with Daniel Snyder as the owner. So I think Rivera will happen, and I think he'll regret it because he'll be just like Mike Shanahan and Marty Schottenheimer and Steve Spurrier and Jay Gruden and everyone else who, who didn't succeed there. As far as Panthers go, I mean, Mike McCarthy makes sense if, if they can grab him. I, look, I mean, the truth of the matter is I don't think the Panthers' job is very good right now. It's not very attractive. There's a lot of questions about Cam Newton and, and whether he's the same guy. I, I'd be shocked if they dumped him because they have no other choice. But there's a lot of questions there. there you know, it's just what you don't know what kind of owner David Tepper really is. I, I mean, I think we just don't know. He hasn't been on the job long enough. So I think, and then you look at the way that team absolutely quit in the last month of the season, and it's troubling. So I. Uh, I wonder, you know, if not McCarthy, what coaching candidate's really going to want that job? Not that I love McCarthy, not that I think he's some fantastic hire, but I, I don't know really if the Carolina Panthers can can think that they can swing big in the cycle. Well, and McCarthy at least has some bona fides. I mean, he's got a Super Bowl title. He's won a ton of games. He's helped yeah. develop Aaron Rodgers. He's done some good things, but... If you've done all these good things, you're likely going to have options. It just so happened that Carolina took action ahead of a lot of teams. They were able to interview him ahead of a lot of teams, but he's going to have other opportunities. You would think, yes, you would think so. I, I don't know if the, the shine is off of him a little bit, the way you know things ended in Green Bay, and they weren't getting the most out of Aaron Rodgers, and you know his offense had gotten stale, and and you wonder about all that kind of stuff, but. I, you know, he, he's a, certainly a fine choice. I, I, he, like you said, he, he's won a Super Bowl. He's won a lot of games, division titles, all that kind of stuff. Whether that was however much percent Aaron Rodgers or however much percent him, I'm not sure. But it's, you know, like I said, if it's not Mike McCarthy. It's not like the Panthers are going to go and scoop Lincoln Riley out of Oklahoma. Like, this isn't the type of job that's going to attract the top candidates so i think you just i think that would be a per, it's not a, a swing for a home run it might be swinging for a single or a double but it, it it's it's a perfectly fine hire for the panthers
You know, I, I agree with you what you said about Washington. It's where coaches go to die. But some of the names you mentioned are some pretty notable names. And with that comes some pretty notable egos and guys who are so competitive and so confident in themselves that I get the feeling they they assume, they know in their hearts they can go in there and turn that situation around. And I have to think that might be the case partially with Ron Rivera. I, I think Ron Rivera just wants to coach so badly that he sees this opportunity and he's going to seize it. But also it makes me think that maybe Daniel Snyder is a little disingenuous when he interviews these guys maybe he promises them that things are going to be different only to give them a bad bill of goods yeah I, it could very well be and that's look it's been 20 years we know now if if Ron Rivera is going into that job thinking that oh things are going to be different and no meddling from Daniel no you know none of the nonsense that's dragged around that organization for a while well he's he's probably fooling himself you're going to have to deal with some stuff that most NFL teams, uh, you know, don't have to do because the ownership situation is just so bad that it it, it just breeds this you know, just malaise and, and incompetence. It, they're one of those teams, you know, the Jets are another, Browns are probably another, where it's just it's so hard to kind of swim upstream when, when you're fighting, you know, just horrible ownership and bad decisions and everything else that's going on with that that franchise. So. I don't know. I I, I, I think – I don't know what the I, – I really don't know the appeal. If I'm Ron Rivera, I'm a two-time you know, NFL head coach, or coach of the year. Guy is really respected as a leader. I think he's got you know at least a decent amount of chops as a coach too as far as respect around the league. I don't know why he would settle for this one. I, I just don't – I don't know. Even if, you're, even if there's not a lot of openings this cycle – Maybe you just take a year off, and then next year you're one of the top candidates. I, I think you could do better than this. It's just, again, I look, Mike Shanahan, a borderline Hall of Fame coach, and Steve Spurrier is, you know, is one of the great college coaches of all time, and Marty Schottenheimer, one of the all-time leaders in wins. None of those guys could win there. There's there's a common thread here. There's a reason, and I don't know that that Redskins roster is very good either. So. He must like a challenge because it's it's going to be one for him. Joined by Frank Schwab, covers NFL for Yahoo. Follow him on Twitter at Yahoo Schwab. And Frank, I, I look at the list of, of current openings, and again, there aren't that many, at least not now at 140 or 125 Eastern time on Monday. I look at the Jaguars job and I there's something about that organization that I always felt was a sleeping giant that there were opportunities there for something special to happen but nobody's ever been able to get momentum how, how do you gauge that opening and how do you gave, gauge that franchise at large uh, yeah and if I, I don't think it's been made official and that's kind of weird too that, that we're in this kind of limbo with the Jaguars so uh, I don't know I think it's just a if it's sleeping giant, it's been asleep for a long, long time. Yeah. I mean, this is a team that just cranks out double-digit lost seasons. Like, like that's what they're paid to do. It's, it's amazing. The less than 24 months ago, they were on the doorstep of a Super Bowl and they screwed it up. That's kind of the Jacksonville Jaguars for you. I don't know. They got a mess at quarterback now. I, I guess Minshew could be good, but you're dealing with that. And Foles has to be around a second year because his contract. You're, you know, the basically the foundation of your offense is a overdrafted Leonard Fournette. The defense has fallen apart. It's getting a little bit older. He just traded away your best player because he couldn't get along with Tom Coughlin, and then you fired Tom Coughlin two months later. It's just, it just one of those organizations that can't seem to get it right. They can't figure it out. And I don't know what – let's say the Jaguars or job opening, you know, it comes open. 
what are you really selling anybody on? What? Why would somebody take that job? So you can work with Gardner Minshew? Like, eh, <laughs> maybe, I guess. I, so you can, you know, watch Leonard Fournette run into the line for three yards a pop? I, I guess. It's just, there's just not a whole lot happening there. They had their window very, very quickly with that defense, and that's not what it was anymore. So I just view that as one of those franchises that's just kind of stuck spinning its wheels year after year after year, 10, 11, 12 losses. And I don't know how they get out of that cycle because it's hard to attract a really good candidate when all you've done is lose for 10, 15 years. Yeah, I mean, is it an ownership thing? Because I go back to the Mark Brunel, Jimmy Smith, Keenan McCardle days, and those were exciting teams. But to your point, they never could quite get it going in the right direction. And look, that's that's geographically the biggest city in America. They're in a good weather spot. There's a lot to offer down towards Ponte Vedra and all that. I would think they could attract free agents in mass to come there and set up shop. But something is keeping guys away. Yeah, and uh, you would think so. I, I don't know. I I don't necessarily think Shotgun's a bad owner, but the results haven't been there. That that's clear. I, he just, you know, they just the Coughlin thing was just a debacle. I mean, that was a really really bad idea. And you know, you just keep making just these dumb mistakes that just multiply over time. Like, hey, we went to an AFC Championship game. Let's extend Blake Bortles. Well, okay. And then you're carrying more, I think, more dead money on a, a contract than any even in NFL history with Bortles this year. It's just stuff like that. Or stuff like Jalen Ramsey basically having blue flu and, and until you trade him. And then, you, okay, well, we're going to have to trade our best player. And then he plays really, really well at the Rams. Like, this stuff just happens to Jaguars over and over again. They're drafting, you know, Leonard Fournette fourth overall when nobody's drafting running backs that high anymore. It's It's just... They just make all these mistakes that just add up over time, and then, you know, they they just need they what they need to do is, is figure out the quarterback. And if Minshew's the guy, great. But you know, the we'll have to see. He he played really well yesterday, but that's the key. I think any if it's Marone or anybody else, I think the first first question they have to ask themselves as an organization: Can we build around Gardner Minshew? Do are we sold on him? And then kind of go from there. He does have a glorious mustache, though. He does. <laughs> you know, Frank, and before we let you go, one of the overlooked stories, at least in my mind, because people are talking about the brilliance of Lamar Jackson, Tom Brady getting older, Drew Brees still being Drew Brees. But I think lost in a lot of the conversations has been the brilliance, of, you know, I may be using that word a little haphazardly, of Ryan Tannehill. They made that switch yeah. when they were two and four, went from Mariota to Tannehill. Now they're in the playoffs. I don't think we're talking about it enough. No, I don't think brilliance is even under, uh, overselling it. Like, he, he's been amazing. I think it was a top 10 season and passer rating all the time. He's it's just, I can't I can't help but watch him and just wonder how bad of a coach Adam Gase is. Really, like, that's the takeaway. Every time I watch Titans play and I see Ryan Tannehill playing well, or I watch the Cardinals and see Kenyon Drake playing well, or watch Dolphins and see Devontae Parker playing well, or watch Justin Seale and Le'Veon Bell looking like just a guy, I just say to myself, how bad of a head coach is Adam Gates? Like, how how could he not get anything out of this guy when, you know, he, he signs there, he gets traded to the Titans last year of his deal, and he has just been fantastic. I, and I don't know what the Titans do because here's where you kind of you, you come to that, that fork in the road and you say, 
was this just a, a case kingdom lightning in a bottle one year? And what do we do now? Do we sign him to a huge deal? Do we not? Because we, we have all this other film on Ryan Tannehill that's not too impressive. Or do we trust that this 10-game stretch is really who he is and he's one of the NFL's best quarterbacks? I don't know what they do going forward. But I'll, I'll say this. Before that, they had to worry about that. I think they're a pretty tough out in the playoffs. I think they're a tough out for the Patriots this weekend. I I don't know. The, you know, obviously we've talked about the Patriots kind of not being quite what they were. The Titans are a pretty good football team. They're seven and three since Tannehill took over as starter. Derrick Henry's a phenomenal running back. AJ Brown, the rookie receiver, is really good. Their defense is solid. They do everything pretty well. I think. Look, I, I I don't know. It's tough to pick against the Patriots at home in the playoffs, but I think the Titans are going to give them a game. I think they're playing really good football. It, are, are we seeing the end of the Patriots, or is that just being prisoners of the moment because they lost to the Dolphins yesterday? I don't know. I, it's even if let's say they let's say they lose on, on Saturday night. Okay, they still went. You know, they, they won an AFC title again. They were number three seed. <laughs> if this is their down year, then it's still pretty good, right? So I trust Bill Belichick to. To get right, whatever needs to get right. They they need some playmaking talent at receiver. They, you know, they they need to to bolster the offense a little bit. We know that Tom Brady's not going to get any younger. That's not going to change. But he's still a competent quarterback. So I don't know if this is just the end of it. If this is kind of a, a blip in the in, in on the screen, or you know, it's just tough to tell because nobody is designed to be as good as the Patriots have been for the last 18, 19 years, whatever it's been. So it's it's amazing what they've done already, and even if it's over, hey, this is easily the best dynasty in American pro sports history. I don't even think there could be a doubt about that. It's a league that's set up for teams to come and go instantly like the Jacksonville Jaguars a couple years ago, and here they've done this for almost two decades. It's unbelievable, and I, I you're right. I can't just... I can't sit here and count the Patriots out completely for like next year and beyond because I don't know why, why you know, even their down year this year is still a pretty good year for a lot of teams. 12 and four. Indeed. He covers the NFL for Yahoo. You can follow him on Twitter at Yahoo Schwab. Frank, I'm glad you're feeling better. I know you were under the weather the other day. Appreciate your time. Yep. No doubt. All right. Appreciate it. It's Frank Schwab covers the NFL for Yahoo. That is not hyperbole. For him to say that the New England Patriots are the greatest professional sports dynasty of all time, I'm I'm kind of leaning towards that. The only counter to that would be the Yankees of the 50s, perhaps, 40s and 50s, but it was a different landscape. And as he used for his primary bit of evidence, it is a league that is constructed, that its foundation is built upon parity. And yet they've been able to stand head and shoulders of just about every franchise for the past 16 years, 17 years, it's impressive. I'll give them one of the best and worst. Again, another duality, the best and worst of the decade, the New England Patriots. 1-800-849-2761. Give me your list. You're listening to The David Glenn Show. Gary Player joining us. This morning, I did 1,300 sit-ups and crunches. Wow. I pushed 300 pounds with my legs, and I ran on the treadmill. You are one of the legends of golf, and you've been an inspiration as a person as well. What a nice compliment, and God bless America. You're listening to The David Glenn Show. Carolina's crawled back into it, a 10-3 stretch. Got it down low. Johnson backs it home. 
It's Page off balance. Puts it Three seconds at midcourt. Jenkins gives it to Jenkins for the championship. The national champions with Jenkins hitting the winner at the buzzer. We're in a way back machine. Well, it seems like way back. It was three years ago. Chris Jenkins. Making that, I, I can see it now. I can see the shot now. He's a little bit of a fadeaway, making that shot. Beating North Carolina. 2016 NCAA Championship. Villanova got him one. But the Tar Heels rebounded and won the following year. That's March Madness at its finest. You know, they, they show the Leitner shot against Kentucky over and over. That was not even the final four. And yet it's almost a poster child for big-time shots in big-time games. I guess because there were so many other things involved and it had Leitner, who came straight out of central casting for Beverly Hills 90210. The moral of the story, young Charles and young Will, guard the passer. Guard the passer. Patino should have put a hand in Grant Hill's face, but I digress. That's a long time ago, man. We're coming up on 28 years since that shot, Leitner shot. Getting old. Things are going by. You know, the older you get, the faster it goes. As, as I continue to lecture my young millennial friends behind the glass. Back on topic. Still no word on Jason Garrett on this Black Monday. Still waiting to see if and when Dallas makes a coaching change. Jerry Jones being very prudent. The unstable Jerry Jones being very prudent throughout all of this. No knee-jerk reaction. No succumbing to popular opinion, peer pressure, or whatever it is he listens to inside his head. He's yet to fire him. So we'll continue to monitor that. I enjoyed our conversation with Frank Schwab of Yahoo very much. I'm still trying to wrap my head around why riverboat Ron Rivera would go to Washington. I mean, he's got money. I mean, how much money does a man need? Unless Daniel Snyder is backing up like, I don't know, five Brinks trucks. Is it worth the aggravation? Now, maybe he has just some kind of special affinity for that organization. Why? I don't know. He played for the Bears. I just don't understand it. And maybe, maybe it's, Daniel Snyder just being disingenuous, promising things are going to be so different. I'll let you have control of this. You can have say over that. I will stay away. That could be part of the conversation. But Frank brought up a, a really good list of past coaches at Washington, where coaches go to die, according to Frank Schwab of Yahoo. And those are all successful guys who have nice resumes. And none of them have been able to succeed. Steve Spurrier went back to college. He couldn't do it. And Steve Spurrier might be the most competitive, driven human being on the planet. Nobody's more confident in themselves than Steve Spurrier. He couldn't do it. He threw his hands up in the air. I'm out. He set up shop down in Columbia, made the Gamecocks winners. What is it? Ron Rivera is a humble guy. Ron Rivera is a very level-headed man. He's a good guy. I've engaged him many, many times. He's a good guy. He's a nice, just regular Joe. 
Maybe he likes challenges because this would be a mother of all challenge. I, I'll go as far as to say this. I don't know that there would be a worse job in the NFL. If all 32 teams had coaching vacancies, I would be tempted to put Washington at number 32. I truly would. Just, just below the Cincinnati Bengals. Even Dallas. Dallas still has the lure of that star. It still has that brand. I, I think you could deal with Jerry Jones better than you could Daniel Snyder. Daniel Snyder's off the reservation. At least Jerry Jones has some idea about football. He played at Arkansas, and, and he has a clue. Daniel Snyder, man, he has no clue. What would make that appealing enough for a guy such as Ron Rivera, who will have options? He'll have many options. People will come. They're already calling him. I guarantee it. What would make that so appealing? Now, here's something to think about. Could he be using it just as leverage? I don't know that Ron's that guy, but maybe his agent is. Now that the Giants' job is open, isn't Dave Gettleman still involved with that organization? He and Ron worked together for years in Charlotte. I have to think that would be a way better job. you got Daniel Jones at quarterback. I would take that so far, so far ahead of, of the Redskins' job. I don't know. I, I, I want to call Ron and ask him, what are you thinking, dude? I, maybe an intervention. We should have an intervention for Ron Rivera. Don't take this job. We like you as you are. You'll not come back the same. He'll have PTSD or something. I don't know, but don't take this job. If he takes the job before midnight tomorrow night, it's going to be one of the worst of the decade, definitely one of the worst of the year. 1-800-849-2761. It's a best and worst of the weekend, best and worst of the year, best and worst of the decade. And we've got lots from all groups. You look back at the weekend, you've got the fantastic college football playoffs. Two games, two very different games. You had a blowout in Atlanta, and you had a real tug of war going on out in Arizona. The end results of both those games are national championship contests pitting Tigers against Tigers, two teams that call Death Valley home, though very different locations. LSU versus Clemson January 13th. LSU opening up at a five-and-a-half-point favorite. That's what happens when you drop 63 points in a college football playoff semifinal game. Respect for that offense. But Clemson's going to have about 15, 16 days with which to prepare. I feel good about the Tigers Going into that one, though, I'm stopping short of making a prediction. NFL regular season over. Playoffs are set. Ravens get the top seed in the AFC. They locked it up. Didn't really even play starters yesterday, but they still beat the Pittsburgh Steelers, the best rivalry in my estimation in the NFL. The Ravens and the Chiefs get first-round buys. Patriots get the three seed, Texans four, Bills five, and the Tennessee Titans, whom we discussed with Frank Schwab, coming in at number six. Tennessee Titans starting the season two and four, make a quarterback change. They go seven and three down the stretch. Unbelievable. Ryan Tannehill. $1.75 million. That's all he made this year. All. I mean, I would take it. But his contract is up. What is next for him? He's 31. Was this merely lightning in a bottle? We've seen it happen before. I think of Matt Castle. Or is he a legitimate quarterback? We'll see what the Titans do. We'll see what other NFL franchises do with regards to Ryan Tannehill in the next weeks and months. 
Let's head over to the phones, check in with Ryan in Raleigh. Ryan, Happy New Year. All right. Ryan backed off. Give us a call back, Ryan, if you did that inadvertently. The way my two millennial friends are giggling, though, I think it might have been an in-house error. So I'm, <laughs> oh, no, no, I didn't do it. I didn't hang up on him. <laughs> back to Ryan Tannehill. How do you gauge him? I mean, you've got one year of just excellence against mm, about seven years of mediocrity, sometimes worse. But what he's put together here over the past two months, it's pretty, pretty darn impressive. I mean, that was a big deal for him to take over from Mariota. Heisman Trophy winner, first-round draft pick, franchise quarterback, supposed to be. Didn't work out like that. Mike Vrabel made the decision for a switch, and it paid off in spades, which has to show this, the coaching chops of a Mike Vrabel to not only recognize the need to make a switch, but to have the, the fortitude to do that because I'm sure he was criticized by folks near and far. Mike Vrabel still beginning his coaching journey. He's only been a head coach, I think, two years. We have to check on that. Get my crack research team on top of that. But we're getting best and worst of the year, best and worst of the weekend, best and worst of the decade. Give us a call, 1-800-849-2761. You're listening to The David Glenn Show. Kurt Busch is joining us, 38-year-old champion of the Daytona 500. Well, I went out with Gronk last night after uh, after we won the race. Did you really? Was, it was fun. Got about an hour's sleep. I asked him, I go, hey, when do you have to report to training camp? He goes, July. I said, well, we can't be friends because i got to <laughs> go back to racing. Stay with us on the David Glenn Show. Wrapping up the second hour of the David Glenn Show on Monday. Got some bowl action. Bowl games still being played, even though, and it's kind of weird timing. Even though we've already got the national championship game set, we've played the playoffs, there's still a lot of bowl games to be played between now and January 13th, and that includes Western Kentucky and Western Michigan, two directional schools playing right now. That game is on ESPN. They are playing in the Serve Pro First Responder Bowl. Music City Bowl in Nashville kicks off at 4 o'clock. Mississippi State, five-point favorites over Louisville and our friend Scott Satterfield. The Red Box Bowl, also 4 o'clock. That's on Fox. 7-5 and five Cal versus 6-6 six and six Illinois. Cal Bears, six-and-a-half-point favorites. And then the Orange Bowl tonight. Number six, Florida versus 9-4 and four Virginia, champions of the ACC's Coastal Division. That's an 8 o'clock kickoff on ESPN. Gators. More than two touchdown favorites. Vegas giving the Gators 14 and a half points, or rather taking 14 and a half points, giving them to Virginia. So I think Virginia's defense might be able to cover that. I like that, actually. I would take Virginia in the, in the points. I like that. Virginia, 14 and a half point underdogs. I think they cover. Write that down, Will. Get on your, uh, your, your daily betting site and put us down some money for Virginia to cover the spread against the Orange Bowl. I'll pay you back later. 1-800-849-2761. We're doing a best and worst of the weekend. Best and worst of the year. Best and worst of the decade. And it has been a very eventful decade. We've seen everything from franchises that have not won pro sports championships in decades and decades and decades to a horse winning a triple crown. And we also, we also had one of the all-time greats in his sport finally come clean 
and admit to PED usage, and he did it on national television. I'm talking about Lance Armstrong. Only Oprah could pull it out of him. Oprah can pull it out of him. I think that was in a 2013 interview. It was on a snowy night. I actually went to a watch party with some cyclists because I wanted to gauge their reaction. I wrote a column about it for the Winston-Salem Journal. And they gathered around the television like they were waiting to hear we were going to war or something or the president was resigning. But no, they wanted to hear Lance Armstrong say, yep, I did it. Charles, let's get that rolling. Did you ever take banned substances to enhance your cycling performance? Yes. Did you ever blood dope or use blood transfusions to enhance your cycling performance? Yes. Did you ever use any other banned substances like testosterone, uh, cortisone, or human growth hormone? Yes. In all seven of your Tour de France victories, did you ever take banned substances or blood dope? Yes. In your opinion, was it humanly possible to win the Tour de France without doping? Seven times in a row. Not in my opinion. Wow. Wow. I remember that. And the saddest part of that isn't that he tore down this image of being something more than mortal, a Superman on a cycle. It was his whole foundation, the wristbands and stuff, to live strong. That gave so much hope to so many people. And look, it still should. It still should. Don't let it, don't let it be tarnished. Don't let it be tainted by a guy who was cheating. I don't care what he took. The guy, the guy came back from cancer and did some pretty impressive things. That's okay in my book. Now, he just should have been maybe a little more transparent along the way. I will say this. If I went on Oprah's show, there's no telling what I'd admit to. She just has a way of pulling that out of people. His answers, I mean, good questions, very direct. Things haven't quite been the same. I mean, we're in that era now. You're always suspected of doing something. I will say this before we go to the break, though. In the next few years, the whole thing is going to shift with regards to the Baseball Hall of Fame. You're going to see the ice cracking when it comes to an, an Alex Rodriguez, a Barry Bonds, a Roger Clemens, because the voters are, are aging out, and the younger voters who have grown up in this era, eh, they look at it a little differently. They're a little more forgiving, I guess, would be the appropriate word with regards to, to steroid use, PEDs, or however you want to describe it. Still no word on Jason Garrett. We're going to ask Brad Hopkins, former All-Pro for the Houston Oilers, Tennessee Titans franchise on the other side, if he thinks Garrett's done in Big D and who could be coming to Carolina. You're listening to The David Glenn Show. Rob Schneider joining us on The David Glenn Show. When they try to have three days of the NFL draft on TV, my friends said, hey, you going to watch the NFL draft? It's like getting excited about a strip club that's still under construction. <laughs> you see that building over there in a couple of months? There's going to be some breasts in there. You're listening to The David Glenn Show.